If you are a scout or coach looking to find or help players, then Pitch is the website for you. It's a startup, but the idea is to complement the scout's role in finding talent, especially in lower leagues. Pitch is likely to arrange trial days in the future, so a scout might be very interested to make a profile. For a coach, it's about the onward development and mental health of released players, helping them find a team or club and provide a talent ID and development reference on Pitch. So make a profile today at www.pitchrmt.com. Hello, welcome back to yet another episode of the Coaches Coffee Club podcast. I'm here with Matt Craddock again. Hello, Matt. Hello, mate. Uh, we're keeping up with our promise, regular, every couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, we're back again, but our listeners will probably be pleased to know it's not just me and you this time. We can uh, <laughs> They can listen to uh, someone that we both have had the pleasure of knowing for a few years, Um I'll let you and you explain who we spoke to today, mate. Well, we spoke to Matt Gardner, who's uh, currently working at QPR. Uh, Matt is somebody we met on the A license about five years ago. Um, what what a great guy! Firstly, uh, really humble, modest. Yeah. We had to uh, twist his arm just to come on, not because he didn't want to come on and chat to us, just because he, he wasn't sure if if we we'd got the right guys. So. Um, <laughs> It was great to have him on, and and you know we once we got chatting, it was it was great, wasn't it? Just to catch up with him, really. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. He uh, he was very very forthcoming with his experiences. How he went from non-league and and made the move into full-time football and progressed through yeah. to his current role uh, at QPR and the Championship. So uh, quite a long conversation, uh, like I say, because we haven't had the pleasure of speaking to him for a while with his new role and obviously the time constraints and the the busy schedule he has. So we we did talk for a while. We might we might split this episode down into two parts and, and release them over a couple of weeks. Um but no a brilliant conversation. What is anything you took particularly from it, Matt? Yeah, well, there's a few things really. I mean, firstly, I really, I really liked hearing about his life experience because he has um, experience both in football and outside of football. And I thought it was really interesting how he stripped back the processes um, so that they were transferable across the two. You know, so he he had a full time job and he was working in football part time, and he was talking about how the skills he developed in his full time role helped him become better in the footballing world. So I really, I really liked that. Um, what jumps out at, him, at everybody when you listen to him is how much he, he's desperate to learn and wants to improve. Um, that sort of jumped out at me. And and something that hits home that I really like, he talked about simplicity and clarity and about how the people he's worked with, because he's worked with and working with some amazing people, um, just understand their subject matter so well that they have the ability to to teach it with simplicity and with clarity. I think that those are probably the, the key things that jumped out of me. Yeah, I agree. Really, really insightful. Um, as you said, it great attitude from, from Matt to continue to want to be better and, and very open-minded given the, the, the number of roles and different hats he's had to wear in various clubs. And now I say in the last season or so, 
going down the scouting analysis type coaching role at, at QPR. So, uh, yeah, massive thank you to, to guards for his time. Uh, I'm sure everyone will enjoy this. Um, like I say, it, it's a long one, so we'll probably split this up. But um, in the meantime, Get please, the kettle on. Yeah, in the meantime, please do go and like and share. Uh, leave us a review. Um, we do appreciate everyone listening. <clears throat> I know it's a difficult time right now. And there's lots of things going on in the world and in your life. So to take the time out to listen to, to the podcast is greatly appreciated. Um, if you could help by sharing it and, and rating it on iTunes or wherever, that, that does help help it grow. So, um, yeah, big thank you to everyone for that. That's enough of you and I, Matt. Let's, uh, let's get on with the show. And uh, here's Matt Gardner, first team coach at Queen's Park Rangers. Good evening. Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Coffee Club podcast. I'm joined by Matt Craddock again. Hello, Matt. Hello, mate. And this evening, we are delighted to welcome uh, someone that Matt and I were fortunate enough to meet on our A licence and our, our paths have been somewhat similar, would you say, Matt, since? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Identical. <laughs> yeah. No, we're really pleased to have Matt Gardner with us this evening. Hello, Matt. Thanks for your time, mate. Uh, hi, yeah. Yeah, no, good evening both. Good good to uh, join you. <clears throat> so, yeah, we um, we crossed paths on the A licence probably five five years ago now, six years ago, I guess oh, it was. Um, and uh, I say kept in touch since. So, really excited to have a, a discussion tonight on not only Matt's current role, but sort of some of the, the steps along his journey that have helped him get here. So um, without further ado, guards, let's, let's open up with sort of how did you get into coaching and, and what has your journey looked like today in a couple of the roles you've, you've held? Yeah, no, that's good that you started with guards. Otherwise, I was going to get confused there when you say Matt. <laughs> long time. But there's only one Matt on this podcast. I understand that. I know, I know, yeah. I'm quite right to. But I'm no, glad um, you know the rules. Thank I you. Do, I do, Matt. I remember. I remember. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a, I didn't really want to be a coach, if I'm honest, all from a playing career. And um, all the way through, you know, because when you're an apprentice or YTS, as it was then, YTS, you get to do your kind of coaching badges or your license in, in, in the old money. And it just kind of put me off, if I'm honest. I was probably too young. Um, the course that I went on specifically, I was down in, in, in Devon uh, for one of the clubs down there. So then when, um, you know, I never really thought about it. And then it wasn't until the end of my playing, you know, I wouldn't even call it career, until the end I stopped playing, I started getting involved in coaching as I was picking up more and more injuries. And um, <laughs> that was when I kind of got the, <laughs> yeah, I got the bug really and uh, it, it went from there and you know player coach to coach and then I think I jumped to manager um, then assistant manager and then all the roles that you know in between joint manager head of coaching um, so that's kind of how it started and then you two know when you're into it and you know you just get kind of fascinated by it and all the different um, layers really you can peel away as you, as you get more and more into it. So that's what started me off. And um, I just wanted to get better and better. I just wanted to improve, you know, because I knew, I knew I had weaknesses, but it was it was quite nice to uh, to run a, alongside my full-time job. So in, in my head, I've always been in football. 
if that makes sense, <laughs> full time, even though it's part time, and and the job was like the part time, even though that was full time. So, um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That that it was in my head, but um, yeah. So it's been good. Uh, obviously, probably started coaching, made the jump ten years ago, about ten years ago, I'd say I started. And what was your what was your first sort of coaching role? What was your first experience of coaching? I know you said you did your badges when you were YTS, but in terms of after your playing career, what was your first coaching yeah, no, role I mean, or experience? To, to be fair, I'm, I think they were called the prelim then. That was that was just that. Then I, obviously, you know, I wanted to, I think it was my, my kids being born and I started to get back into the coaching. But my first experience really was at um, Bromsgrove Rovers, as was, which is now Bromsgrove Sporting. So I was coming towards the end. I, I, I was playing. I think I was, I was actually captain there. Don't laugh. I was at, at the time. <laughs> and I, I, had this, I broke my arm. Um, playing and the manager just asked me to help out and kind of as I'm coming back from uh, the injury I just started taking a few sessions and and that was how I got into it and you know uh, what do you do you draw on your experiences so I was very fortunate to play for some some good managers and coaches and I just kind of remembered the sessions some of the ones that I liked and how I like to, 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 to do it so you know, you kind of like don't know what you're doing, or I didn't know what I was doing, but I thought I did. <laughs> Smiling and laughing, this is great. Um, we're having a good time, and I, and I think that was how it started. And then, as you reflect, and you become like, I'm sure you're aware of it. You know, unconsciously or unconsciously incompetent. You don't know what you don't know. You kind of go through that journey, don't you? And uh, then you become um, eventually kind of unconsciously competent. So. I don't think I'm there yet, by the way. I know you two are, but I'm not there yet. But <laughs> so you, you're just really learning. You're always on a journey, aren't you? You're just always learning, and you always see something and think, "Oh, that's really good. They're good, or that's really insightful." You know, how, how can I kind of bring that in, or how can I make myself better? Guards, what what was it about it that you loved? Was it was it the 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 wanting to get better, or was there other aspects of coaching that made you think, "Oh, yes, this is for me." I think from a personal point of view, I like 11 v 11 tactical coaching um, and I'll come on to about being adaptable and then you get into the individuals in that structure. This is me talking now, but back then I liked um, just the fact of changing a game from the side and actually having mm. influence on that player. So when you've seen a player get better or something you've worked on slightly in training, and it might only come off once, it's just that, I suppose initially it's that ego thing, thinking, oh yeah, that's <laughs> me. But actually when, you know, he's just talking off air, it's actually the player that retained it, they're doing it and it's fantastic. So I think that was the thing that, that, that got me. But I think the number one thing that I've taken through all the way was because I suppose I was a young pro that come out of the game a full time, um, you get lots of the kind of level I was at a non-league, you get lots of lads in the same situation as me. So I could empathize with them. So I, I just really, really wanted to help them try and get back into the game or try and get back. So they get the career, but, but mainly back into football, because that's all they want to do. And some of the guys, you know, they've had unbelievable opportunities and sometimes on those recruitment or end of seasons, it literally could have been a toss, toss of a coin. Um, I'm talking generically, but they've had some really good coaches. I mean, you, you mentioned the A license and look at all the guys from around the country that work within the clubs and really care about the kids. But when it comes to the crunch, there are only so many places you can take on. Um, so ultimately, there are going to be players released. And I, and I just think it's got even better now 
but non-league at that time there was no social media there was it was kind of word of mouth so the amount of players that got lost really but you know some of them bounced back and that was really the thing that I'd say that still is the thing that hooks me even when I'm going to games now you know any level it's like oh you know that they, they how old are they look at their pedigree you know that they, they, they've got a chance or you know you'd love to give them the, the opportunity so, so when we when we met guards about five six years ago, I think we, we were at Kiddy then. Was it Kidderminster you were at at the time? Um, five six years ago, you test my memory now. I was probably at Worcester then, Worcester City. I, I was you were Worcester. at Worcester. You're right. Yeah, my yeah. my apologies. Yeah, and, and, no, and no, that, no, no. you you wasn't or you weren't full time at that moment, were you? Or you mentioned there about juggling full time work and coaching. Yeah. I think um, no, you're you're absolutely spot on. I was I was still part time then, and I think that's obviously national north level. And again, back then when we started, I mean, the first time I started at Redditch, and it was kind of like really low, well, no budget, real struggle. And then went to Worcester, assistant manager, and um, you could see the league getting more and more professional. So it was a part time role, but actually all out of hours but full-time hours so you end up doing two jobs so you you, you literally and, and and everyone works hard I'm not saying you're any different but you know you, you ended up doing 80 80 90 hour weeks easy and I'm probably under egging it because you know when you're at that level and it, I'd recommend it to anybody because you've got an academy pathway of coaching and just purely coaching which is brilliant but, you, you know, you're two nights a week, sometimes three, but mainly two nights a week. Um, the lads are coming off the back of a game and then you're prepping for a game. So you have to kind of think on your feet. But to get those sessions planned, organised and kind of keep the lads stimulated, that's what helped me learn as a coach. But then you've got the managerial side of even, even at that level, um, you know, the press, uh, you know, social media was just starting to come in. But all of the, the club interviews, the kind of league interviews, um, scouting the players, recruiting the players, coaching, you know, you know, you kind of wear all those hats and then even learning around the, the, the league rules, registration, a bit like the administration, I suppose you've got in the academies, you, you guys would know better than me, but you just get this all right. And then, you, you know, you're looking for training venues. When we first went there, there was nowhere to train. <laughs> There's no balls. So you, you kind of running around going, okay, if we can do this, we do that. And you kind of get to solve problems, but it's no problem because, everyone's working together and we had a good group of uh, you know two three people that kind of on the on the football side kept it all going brilliant secretary the manager was was really good and uh you know the the, the physio i suppose and, and and amongst all of you you, you kind of like you, you're all striving to make it the best it can possibly be and 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 how obviously you were juggling your your a license as well at that time which is a it's no, it's no small feat with the the work and the qualifications. But how, how important or how impactful on your career was that time of spinning loads of plates and and wearing different hats, as you might call it? How how big an impact on your you as a person and a coach did that have? Yeah, it was it was really good actually. I, I have to say because the, the 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 role I was in, there was a lot of synergies between the kind of managerial and coaching um, philosophies. And how to how to kind of talk to people. So effectively, I worked for um, uh, a big finance house, really, um, sales management. But it was more consultative selling. So it's a little bit like relationship management. So all of my training on that side, you know, and they really, really looked 
trained you to be the best you could be customer facing. So again, you're solving problems all the time. Or you're going out trying to win new business or you're managing a team of people or you're the interface between your company and the, the, the other company. And it was quite... Sorry to interrupt you there, guards. Did you, yeah. did you end up in that line of work because you developed those skills as a person from your football career, you're communicating and you pick, or did you just, did you just need a job other than football and, and stumble across it? Because it seems like it's, it goes yeah. hand in hand. There's really, like you said, complementary. Yeah. It's almost like I planned it, but you know me, I definitely didn't. It kind of <laughs> was a complete accident as most of it is. Yeah. I'm a bit like just go for it. But I think when, when I come out, obviously you leave school. Well, I did. I left school at 16 to go and be a, play football and you know college university takes a back, a back seat so coming out it was kind of like what jobs were available at the time um so I, I just ended up in sales um because it's you know not re- some qualifications but more can you talk to people can you hold a conversation you know can you as I said problem solve really and it evolved from there and then then um customer services as well so face-to-face and phone. So when, when someone's got an issue and they're very passionate about it, when you're in a changing room, it's exactly the same. If someone's going off, and especially me being a young lad at the time and something's happened, you have to be able to kind of um, articulate or stand up for yourself or understand that issue and think, well, what, why is that person getting so angry? Clearly, <laughs> there's something here I'm not getting. And then you get to a point where there's kind of like you can reconcile it. So... I suppose unwittingly, I mean, you're making me think about it now. You're good, aren't you? Are you a shrink as well? He says, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Matt? But no, I, I, suppose, I suppose, yeah, unwittingly, yeah, it, it did. Because when you're talking to players, you're talking to other coaches, you, you, you're trying to get players in. Ultimately, it's the person first, isn't it? I think we're all like that. I, w- I would like to think so. Uh, and you want to try and get the give, give those people a chance. So, yeah, it, it, it was fortunate. So a lot of the courses in the A license, when we're talking about um, even the session planning and organisation, it, it's a different end product. But if we're planning an event or planning a uh, training session for the salespeople or a coaching session, it, it, it's the same high level elements are there. So it, it, it was pretty good, really. And then you kind of really specialising in football. But as I said, in my head, I was always from football working in this industry. So I don't know whether that helped me or not, but, you know, you've always got that. I don't know. It's just a great sport and industry and the people and everything to get involved with. But I, I have to say it, it, it did really help me, to be fair. And, um, yeah, it was it was tough. It was it was tough, but, you know, enjoyed it. And it was actually a bit of a release to go to the football from the work. And then work was a release from football, especially if you had a bad couple of results. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Or, or something happened. So... It, it, it was uh, it was pretty good and then when you specialize in the in the coaching elements of it and you're learning all the time from your peers on the course and also the uh, the, the, the lecturers you kind of then start adding to your how you coach but one of the things I always said from, from my point of view because of all the I mean I don't want it's keeping it simple really but j- just relationship management skills that you learn along the way like because it was kind of corporate selling and customer service is exactly the same of uh, how you're coaching so how are you coming across the people because ultimately you think you've done a great pitch or a great session but it's what the players think you know what I mean it's like I think it's good but it's what how you've observed it so I think that's the biggest thing I took from it, it, it is um, just getting feedback from other people because ultimately 
they feedback to you what they thought the message was. So yeah, it was good. Mm, one, one of the, I'm not just saying this because you're on the call, but one of the one of the things that struck me when when I met you was was that the 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 the, the amount of work you put in because I come from a background of I've always been involved in football and coaching at community level, uh, yeah. academy level, did my B licence with similar people to me. And when I went on the A licence, meeting someone like yourself who had a quote-unquote real job and worked at a decent level of of coaching in, in non-league as well, and you would share stories about you shooting off after courses to this game and, and you're always on the phone, organised, spinning plates. It was a bit of an eye-opener for me, really, because I didn't, at the time, understand that there was people who were pursuing a career whilst also juggling other things. Yeah, I just yeah, thought yeah. that it was, you go through the education or academic route and then you go through the academy route and maybe it was a little bit rose-tinted glasses, if I'm honest. And yeah. I guess, is that is that something that you'd advocate to coaches who want to maybe develop or, or, or progress in the game to also consider the experiences that, in the non-league and I guess you made some sacrifices putting those hours in and being on the road a lot as well. Yeah. I mean, it, first of all, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, I, I, and like I said, it, it's not like a martyr story. Every, everyone who's involved in non-league football will, will put the hours in undoubtedly, whether that's uh, on the football side or non-football side, because it's just an unbelievable group of people. A lot of the volunteers that, that you wouldn't get games on. Do you know what I mean? From, organising the kits, the, the ground, everything. It, it was just, you know, there's, there's some unbelievable people and there's some excellent coaches as well. I think that's the other thing. And if you look at some people's, I mean, I'll, you know, I don't know, Neil Warnock, uh, more Chris Wilder, you know, they started coaching, managing in that non-league area. Martin O'Neill was another one. I was just trying to reel off the names, but, you know, there's three off the top of my head. And I think that, that they appreciate kind of that journey and what what it takes to operate at that level but from from my experience or just looking at it everything you learn there stands you instead to to go into a first team uh, environment because it's just bigger the numbers are bigger there's more people there's more departments but you are still having exposure to all that so I mean I've noticed now especially in the last probably six seven years that there's a lot of coaches that have come from it's quite funny from the academy background 18s 23s to to go and manage within a non-league level to get their first first team job uh which is which mm. is really really good isn't it and i think that the, the standard and level of coaching that the, the the boys get is uh obviously i think it's the coaching education has been good but also you still get the um i'm not even going to call it old school i'm going to call it values of, of playing at that level and, and where it matters for the three points because you know, you're playing with all different age groups and even for the players, it's that exposure and how do you manage that group? You know, how can you come across and keep everything stimulated? And, and also, like you said, thinking on your feet because if you if you kind of plan in a session and you turn up and a car gets stuck on the motorway, that's six players or, you know, four players out <laughs> and there's a crash. Now, I know you can have that academy, but, and then sometimes coaching and a lot in the, uh, in the brain box, <laughs> They don't want that. They just want to play a game when they get in because they're, they're grown men. They've been at work all day. They're coming to enjoy it. So you have to kind of like the old phrase someone told me, you know, session for them, session for you. And it, 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 it's them little tricks that actually to get your message across. I mean, I'm doing a really good example now, I know, but you have to be really succinct as I chat on for four hours. <laughs> um, 
no, you, yeah, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to. We'll make we'll make this a four part, and we don't worry. <laughs> you have to be succinct in your messages, and, and really, what do you want to achieve? So, it's kind of one or two key points ready for that game, and it, that's what helped me was all the planning, organisation, and then just learning all the um, the latest kind of um, lingo from from a football point of view, because I think that's important because academy coaching, there's lots of um, phrases and phraseology that probably isn't yeah. available, wasn't in non-league at that time. So when you've got boys that are used to that and they're coming into non-league and it's like just, just football shapes, if you like, it, it was good to kind of bridge that gap. And just for my knowledge, really, to try and help them yeah. understand and, and get through. And that was that's how, how I found it. So, guys, while you were there and, and you're on your A-licence, so we're talking five years-ish, yeah. To, to where you are now, and I'll, we'll come back and I do want to know the, the journey to get you to where you are now. But while you were there... I'm not going to take you for every day, Matt. You know that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you, week, week by week, please. Week by week. Uh, did, did, were, you, were you planning? Because you've gone from National League North that you're talking about there, you're now working at a championship club in, in that five-year period. Is that something that you were planning while you were there, like, I, I don't mean the specifics, but were you saying, I want to be working here, you know, in, in five years time, or were you just, I, I'm actually really enjoying what I'm doing. And I just, I just doing it to get better. Yeah. I, I think even back then, I always wanted to get back to full-time football in some capacity, but I'd be a liar if I said I had a plan and this, you know, is it, this is exactly the route I was going to take because I don't think you can plan it. But I think as I got more and more into it and just even coming up against some really experienced managers and coaches and, you know, you're getting players to, um, or the players themselves are getting the moves and opportunities to, to play at better levels. That's when I thought, okay, you know, I, I, I really like this. And actually you're a long time working. I can't keep this up forever because, you know, <laughs> five, six years of, of, of both roles, young family, how do I kind of plan to go to a, a full-time football role? And actually, yeah. if, I, if I'm honest, I, I thought there's no way I'll get in straight away at first team. So can I get into kind of an academy? Do you know what I mean? Okay. So yeah. I had two or three opportunities because you start to get a bit of a, not, not a name, but just people. And we had a couple of good FA Cup runs, which obviously puts you in the, in the limelight. A few players yeah. that on into the league, which was great. And then you just start building up your network and, and, and everything else. And it's, really just making yourself adaptable and can you add value and, um, and were you doing that purposefully were you saying right you know maybe an academy could be the way in who do i need to be meeting and, and speaking to or again was it just a, a fluid i i think what's really odd with me and I, i'm probably a bit weird i um i was doing quite well at the other job and and uh, <laughs> i got offered a couple of promotions but it was kind of like moving and you know really getting serious to, to the mm. next level and it would have been great and they're unbelievable roles, but I just thought this is like giving up football now. Yeah. So most people would have said, because it was obviously would have been financially great and everything else, but I just wanted to do something I wanted to do and was passionate about. And um, it just got to the point. So that, that was the point, Matt, where I thought, right, I'm going to, um, you know, three, four years, give myself a, a chance to, to kind of get some stuff behind me to then go and try and get into full-time football. And um, what happened, the, the, the biggest turning point was probably the company I was at 
it was about 2008. There was a, a, bit, a bit of a, obviously the crash back then. And there was a load of redundancies at that time. And I think that was the point where I thought, right, I'm starting again. I had another couple of jobs in, in, in between and kind of that was the, the plan in the back of my head to get into full-time football or the planning process. So, 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 <clears throat> sorry, how, how then did, did it come about? How did the transition or the opportunity present itself, mate? Is, <clears throat> did it come sooner than you expected or? Yeah, I, you... it probably come a year earlier than I thought. And I, I just finished the, or finishing the season with Worcester and um, Kitty Mr. Harriers had just got relegated to the National North. Um, there was a new chairman in there who actually got, who, who I'd played for before, who was an agent who'd gone in uh, there and he, he was putting a management team together and he just said to me, because I, he was representing a player that we were trying to re-sign, that we'd made, he'd made contact. This is, you know, over, I hadn't spoke to him for 10 years or so. And even at that level now, there's obviously agents, so that's another aspect we're talking about, gives you experience of and dealing with agents and there's some some really good ones out there that, that, that look after the players and obviously um, you're having a chat through and you just remember from that conversation then he was looking to make a change in the management and uh, he'd just come up and he just said would you fancy coming in now at this point I'm joint manager I think at Worcester and I had another couple of opportunities to go and be a manager um, with other clubs which I kind of turned down um, and anyway and, it, and he said oh, but I want you to come in as assistant or head of coaching to which I was a bit like what do you mean I'm not going to come out of this to, to go and do that and then he just explained to me you know the route and who was coming in and, and that was where I first met, met uh, John Eustace used to and um, you know he's just coming out and playing and being captain everywhere and he wanted him to be the manager and just kind of because I knew the league knew the level um, got the contacts just kind of help and support from from that coaching perspective um, so you know again supportive family you know, big chat with the wife because it was quite a drop, as you can imagine, giving up two jobs to go into one um, rather than doing it the other way around. So, again, it, it was a sacrifice and it was, you know, make some cuts and stuff, but it was that leap that you had to take or I had to take to kind of give it a go. And I thought, well, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. I know it wasn't football league, but it was still full time. And Kidderminster is a great club, as Worcester is. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you know the area, but certainly you know big names in non-league but in the football league as well Kidderminster and they were just having a tough time so anyway uh, that's how it come about and I, and I went in and you know I couldn't have met a better person really because I didn't know John at all but just when you talk about work rate and, and values but working smart exactly the same Lee so you know like you're saying there on the courses we'd be driving up yeah you know, I mean I've, I've done it all the way through but say I'm at Worcester and we're playing on the, the, the a Tuesday night and Bradford have got away at Bradford Park Avenue are playing on the Wednesday but we've got them on the Saturday I do all the work and then drive to Bradford to go and watch them play to do your own scouting so then you can get your session ready for Thursday so you're working and back so it's you when I talk about organization and then don't laugh again but you have to be organized because it's kind of like I'm the type of person if I'm if I'm going to do so I do it to the best of my ability so my job you know I always obviously you know you can only say you, you hitting your numbers and stuff but being successful so I, I put everything into that and then it was really that kind of like burning the candle at both ends 
to kind of get yourself in a position because you know it's like if you go in front of a group and you're coaching and you're not prepared occasionally you can kind of like make it up and go through but really especially the lads that are in there they were you know football league games under their belt some that have come through so they can see through the session if it's not planned properly for me anyway and that was where uh you know I, I just wanted to put the extra effort in because I wanted to kind of implement and, and help out stuff to help me on the coaching and what I've learned on all the courses and from just your own experiences of, of trial and error really stuff so just to summarize then so uh bromsgrove i guess bit of coaching there then then worcester yeah, no no the, then i went to redditch i was manager at redditch in, in okay the uh then to worcester then to kidderminster and then obviously into um qpr okay fantastic so just rewind a little bit you said about the head of coaching role you had at, at kidderminster mm. well, that was something that i guess might have presented itself maybe not on the plan or the pathway you had slightly different role to, to management, but how, how did you find that? Was that a good challenge? Something you enjoyed or? Um, I, yeah, I, th- I think it was more of um, that they hadn't got the academy. It's obviously part-time academy, but they were, it was external to the, to the club. So they were trying to set that up. So it was just more the high level admin side because the amount of work you're doing with the first team, because when we went in, I think there was three players left. So you, you, you're kind of scrambling around. I've just got relegated. To, maybe a few more than that the first season, say four or five. So you've got to get a team together. And Did your boots happened. come out at this point? Were you no, tempted? No, no, <laughs> it was never, ever that bad. <laughs> never, ever that bad. But ju- just um, contacts, really, and getting around and getting players in. So that was the main focus. And then really, um, it kind of evolved into, like I said, you, you, you're not just a system manager. You're doing everything. You, you, you're kind of like, supporting where it needs to be support but there were some really good people there so you have that team and John was the manager um, Kevin Phillips goalkeeping coach been there before but again because he'd had a career outside of football a little bit older just those experiences were brilliant so he, he, they're spotting problems before they happen and, and, and he, I think he's head of coaching at Forest Green now Kevies and he's he was goalkeeper coach before excellent you know really good just a good person like John good person melt the kit man Matt, you know, you know, like Matty on the on the uh, media, Josh the physio, Dave. We, we we, I mean, again, like you got no money, so we went to did it Worcester as well. Worcester University sponsor us with a, an analyst, so all of a sudden you've got an analyst, you've got a, 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 a physio kit room, and then we had nowhere to change, so that we, we'd go to a training ground, and um, there was a judo gym on the side that wasn't being used in the day. So you're just looking at it, and you think, okay, we could do our pre-acting there, and there was a couple of changing rooms. So it's just little things where we've maximised the time where the players can change. We can get the pre-act done in the gym, bit of gym work as well. Physio's got somewhere nice. There was a bit of a, a, a canteen area and then we're out to training because I've always, you know, lads are going home in wet kit and stuff like that. So it's just silly little things that you learn about trying to make that session, you know, without going into the detail of, of what you're trying to do. But you can imagine it, it just helped everything along really. And those players you're taking from a full-time environment, you're trying to make it the best you can um, for them to perform. And I think if you, you know, coming back to, I can tell you with this, that and the other, but if you spoke to those players, I mean, I know, you know, one of the players was at Northampton when you were there and, you know, we, they, they had really good experience and that was that all we tried to do was get, get the environment the best it could be. Good stuff. So <clears throat> really interested then to hear how all of those experiences and, and things that you've, 
built up over time, <clears throat> how how it was for you to then go into your current role or your current environment where those kind of things are, are taken care of with, like you said, you, you're finding creative ways to to get changed somewhere and make a little bit extra time. And obviously now you're in a, a championship club. What What's it like now, given all those experiences? How are you finding it? <clears throat> Um, are, are they are they just different challenges now, or is before, it some of the same stuff? I, I mean, guys, before you jump in, one one thing I've noticed as well is that I'm getting less phone calls to go and scout teams in the northwest since you've gone to QPR. So I don't know what's <laughs> I don't know what's happened there. You know, but yeah, no, they they definitely need someone decent on that, hundred percent. But but no, I, I think um, coming back to what you said about what do you learn, that's the great thing for me. You, you're going in there, everything you experience at that level, because Kidderminster probably getting about two, two and a half thousand fans. So there's a big interest, you know, Worcester, big, big club in exile. So you manage, you know, without going into detail, you're kind of managing all these issues or that, you know, with, with the management team and um, that Carl there, he, he did a fantastic job keeping it going. So when you're coming into a place and you've got a recruitment team and you've got an analysis or team already set up um, and obviously Steve was the manager, John's the assistant. So now I'm coming in as kind of like one of the coaches coaches all in situ but I think the, the, the good thing is you, you kind of know how it all fits together and then Steve was great he just kind of give you a this is what I want you to focus on and that's where all the hours you get back to focus on coaching is unbelievable <laughs> so now you're doing one job but you used to working that hard you can go into more detail and that's what I would say the biggest thing is the difference between part-time and full-time it's just the detail you can go into. So John, as an example, even when I was a kid, you know, I thought I'd like the 11-11 and tactical, but, you know, just, just watching the games from his knowledge of playing, you know, he's he taking it to a different level. And I think that's what Steve had saw. He'd come to see us work and um, just the way we got, because we had, you know, playing football, if you like, um, on the floor to, to get the team to do that at that level um, w w was very, very good. But that's the one thing I would say to you, it was because he knew, understood his subject matter, he could explain it simpler to the players. So it was really easy on the pitch to kind of get the patterns out or what we're trying to achieve and, and keep it consistent. And what I really loved as well was we just focused on us. So there's a lot of opposition analysis, which is absolutely paramount, but it's focusing on you know your team and how you can kind of get them better. And improve as i said you know it's it, those kind of morals and values or principles of improving people it, it was was what it was all about and he'd say that and uh, we was very lucky a lot of the players went on to play higher you know even the staff you know they've gone on to um uh efl clubs which was which you know it's, it's brilliant for them and, you, and you're proud of that really so you said there about one of the one of the big things around simplicity and clarity I know we spoke before is that one of your biggest learnings from being around I mean you've been very fortunate to observe and, and work alongside some some top top coaches and players is that clarity and simplicity of message one of the the big things for you that you've noticed at that level yeah 100% but the reason it's simple is because they know their subject matter inside out that's the the thing I've noticed and, and also just you know, I, I, you know me, it's not, not about name dropping or anything, but just, just learning from those people. So, it, it, you know, 
in with John, it's a different, he come from player to, to coach to manager and, um, you know, fresh from play. And I'll just give you one quick story. We stood in the middle of the, the, the pitch and obviously he played as a, a central midfield player. And we, he, we're talking about the coaching session, about what we're going to do before the lads come out. They're just doing their warm-up. And he's talking to me about uh, just what he saw in a game. And he'd just drop here and do that and go there. And he goes, but I'm not going to tell the lads that because it's, you know, a bit boring. And I'm, I'm like, their open mouth going, it's just pure gold. <laughs> pure gold of a defensive midfielder. That is like exactly what you should be telling him. He goes, do you think so? And I'm 100%. No, I'm not, I'm not saying he wouldn't have got there on his own because he would have done. But it, it's just that level of detail for that midfield player that had been for an academy structure. So all the coaches have done a great job, technically unbelievable. But the defensive side probably didn't know where to be when there was two forwards, when there was one, what side of the ball, when to press, when to drop off, when to close the, you know, close the line. And that was just, you've seen this player grow and add that to the game. And then all of a sudden, people are going, oh, what a player he is. And then the scouts come and then the people hire and they think, oh, he could do a job in our team. But it's because it, they were recruited specifically to play that particular system. And then you're adding to their, either make them stronger or improve their weaknesses, which is only what you guys do anyway, all the time in academy football. But I think at that 19 or 18, 19, 20, 21, it's a, it's a great age to do it. So that was what from that side. And then obviously Steve was the first one that took me in and, and, and working with him. Just obviously all of the players he's worked with, the coaches, the managers, the, the, the career he's had abroad as well. And taught, you know, going and managing there and understanding how the players and the, even the coach he would bring into the um, to the training ground as kind of like a you know like a masterclass day, and you older coaches that have been there seen they've done it, and, but the detail you know no cones really no no uh, drawers machine do you know what I mean no no balloons it's just a pure session on we're going to work on defending and distances between the lines and between the units. And all of a sudden, you think, oh, look at that. It's just unbelievable. But, you, you know, just the detail on the player, the body shape, the weight, the where you're sending them. And I'm just like a sponge thinking, this is unbelievable. Should I be here? Have they got the wrong job? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you're trying to add value as well, but that, that was great. And then just before uh, I went from Kitty to QPR, I'll, I'll, do you remember V9, Jamie Bardo Academy? The V9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was one of the coaches on that with, with several coaches and the person I haven't really mentioned yet is my brother. <laughs> so my, my brother's younger, but he's probably the biggest influence on me. I can say, I can say, so hopefully he doesn't listen to this, but just <laughs> he's the one that got me probably prepared for that level more than anyone else. Because even at Worcester ready, because he, he's been around, you know, elite football, first team level for 15, 16 years, um, you know, and obviously then Champions League players. So the type of players he's working with and the environment and listening to the messages, it was just brilliant for me. So I'm kind of like adapting that and he's helping me adapt it to a part-time level. So I knew from a sports science, medical um, analysis, scouting, what good looked like. So I, I not, not from, um, you know me, I'm always learning and, and, and listening, but I was very confident that I knew what, what good would look like with, with the players. And, and ultimately, the players have got to kind of have, have what you're doing. So listening and then listening directly from Steve, that, that was unbelievable. And then like Chris Ramsey coming back to V9. Uh, so a lot of the players is there and I worked with him 
we had a striker at Kidderminster called Joe Ironside, who again, through one of the courses, Travis, he, he played for him at Sheffield United, Travis Binion. I don't know if you've come across Travis. Yeah, yeah, he was at Sheffield United now at Man United, isn't he? Yeah. But again, similar to you guys, just wants the, the players to do well. Wants the players to do well. And uh, these boys have come out of the game, so trying to help them out. So he'd gone to Nuneaton, Joe. Um, we, we got him into us. Unbelievable lad, unbelievable player. And I could say that about all of them. They probably get the ump if I don't name check all of them. But we just did a session at uh, Man City's uh, training ground because I was in the team with Chris and another coach called Simon Ireland, who was at Nottingham Forest, also at QPR at the time. And we just did some individual stuff on the centre forwards. And it was literally hiding your run how you control the ball, setting it, getting your body weight in and spinning out. And um, it's just like you could see the improvement in Joe. It was only 20 minutes. And then we played a game the next day against, I think it was the Welsh Premier Champions at the time. And he, the goal kick, off a goal kick, started offside, coming, coming, chested, control, set, spin. And he scored a goal. And it's just like, you're looking across at Chris and Simon and going, you, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not going, it's what I do. But it's just that level of detail for that player at that time, it was like the right, just the right thing. And all those scouts, the idea is to get people back in. And then all of a sudden people are looking at him, you know, and he's doing, he's done it himself because he's, he's dedication, but he's at Cambridge now and he, he's scoring a lot of goals. So I'm, re I'm really, uh, really pleased for him. But that's just a one, one um, example. And I could give you hundreds that I've picked up from, from working with those people. I mean, I haven't even mentioned, uh, you know, Les as well. Les is a, he's a really good coach. He's obviously, uh, sporting director or technical director there now and working alongside Chris you pick up just stuff he's saying around when he's watching the game or he should make that run there you know he's a Premier League 100 goal scorer isn't he but not just that midfield player when they should play when they shouldn't you know play at the top level so I'm, I'm just listening to all that and then when you're coaching players it's another set of uh, instructions that's in your head that you're trying to help someone make them better and not make them worse by the way <laughs> i was going to ask mate you, you joked about it there saying oh they got the right man and you you're very humble you're very modest no, i'm serious how... have you got the right man because i'm not sure. <laughs> you got the right podcast <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note how that obviously you got the opportunity to go in as your first role at qpr first team coach is that right yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How did you how did you feel on on that first day going in, working with obviously championship players? You, you, you joke about it there saying, Oh, am I, am I the right man for the job kind of thing? How how did you feel going in there? I know you, you are confident as well and you you've obviously got a lot of experience to fall back on, but I mean to talk us through that, mate, because that that's a big jump, respectfully, going from from yeah. Kiddy up to championship. I think um Obviously, Steve had a, you know, specifically he wanted me to, as I say, give you that job spec. But really what was, because he'd seen the way we coached and the way we, we'd done stuff, he, he said, look, I want you to just kind of bring that in with me and, and what we wanted to do. So that first day of pre-season, and again, self-deprecating humour, sometimes it comes across the wrong way, but but literally, uh, I remember the first session and it was just a simple passing drill. And I think the whole of the training ground had come out. Um and it was one. It was one of them. You know, like when you're bad at golf, and they say, "Can you 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 can put the first one? Give us a sighter." I go, yeah, Gardner, go and have a bash at that. <laughs> and, uh, it was one of them, really. But but I think just because of the experiences I had, and I remember doing you know presentations in front of lots of people. They are like presentations, aren't they? I I think. But that's from my background. 
so in terms of that and I've, you know done it before it, it, it was no problem so people ask me that a lot actually about oh the jump up and the players but the, the players are so professional they, they're just good lads and they want to learn and as long as they know I think from just the way I am I, I can't be anyone else I can't be you you can't be me but I think if they think you're trying to do the right things and make it the best they can for them, then they're okay, no problems. But I think as soon as you step away from that or it goes on a bit too long or whatever it is, the message is kind of mixed or it's diluted, then you know they'll, they'll let you know because they're professionals and they, they want to win. <laughs> they, they, they want to win, so they want to understand that everything you're doing is relating to how we're going to play. And that was what was brilliant with Steve because you know his experience of you know, England, Man United going abroad with um, the Dutch and German teams, just that kind of rounded education was again, standing with him, understanding, you know, what he wanted on his, just a simple passing, again, coming back to the brilliant basics, if you like, but how you shift the ball from there to there and where you should pass. Now, we take it for granted, and but it's just the level of detail goes up, really, I think. And, God, and, what what, what God. was that like? Because... We Steve delivered, oh, didn't he, on our, on the A license? Probably, probably awful. <laughs> <laughs> he see Steve delivered on our A license, didn't he? He did. He did a workshop uh, presentation, and I remember him talking. And it, he probably talked for maybe like forty-five minutes, and and I, I wrote down notes and notes of pages, and, and you you would have done the same. Mm. What what was it like working with him every day? Was it was it similar? Was your head fried at the end of every day, or or was it literally like you just couldn't get enough of it? Yeah, no, he's he's just um, how do I how do I explain that? I think because we were, as I said, we were working really hard at Kidderminster, doing exactly the same, long hours, but to kind of the, the so the session and the the bit that the boys got ready for the three points on the Saturday was was the best it could be. With, with all of that so we would be at the end of you just took there the first pre-season we, we didn't start great in fact we lost the first four games and we had a real tough game against West Brom uh, seven I think it was it was it was really tough and then there was a couple of players coming in and we went on this run but obviously the, the principles of how they wanted to play and or how we wanted to play he was always on that but we'd always analyze the training after it, you know, so we'd be there till like six, seven o'clock and we're getting in at six o'clock. So he, he, he'd kind of go away, reflect and then come back and go, I'm not happy with this, I'm not happy with that. But it was just his level of um, the way his brain worked in terms of I want to get this in, I want to get that in and just ticking it off as he goes through. And, and I think, mm. you know, working with the units, working with the back four, working with midfield players, forwards and then bringing it back together. Loads of uh, 11 v 11 stuff. And I think, you know, in terms of his coaching, coaching background, that was where you, you, you kind of learn from it. But it's like, um, it is Pandora's box because also you've got, you know, as I said to you, used to his experiences and he's a coach, excellent coach. And um, then you've got Chris Ramsey as well on the sideline. Uh, you've got Les yeah. watching, watching the session. So you're just kind of like looking around and it's difficult to explain, Matt, what, what but I would just say in detail, and simplicity and actually giving you the confidence mm. to say your view on football or what that player should be doing at that particular time within that unit, within the team structure is actually, yeah, you, you, you're on the right lines or have a, have a think about this. I don't really want that shape. It was even like the back four, you know, pressing up, closing the line. Where, where do you want a player's 
off the other player and what are the distances and yeah. how can do that. Or it might be a transition. Okay, on transitions, this is how we want to work it as quick, quickly as we possibly can. Set plays, you know, that was all I was allocated. So, and that's obviously 22 players, you know, at one particular time and just that detail, I want this, 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 but you're free reign to go and deliver. And it's a little bit feedback. I like that. I don't like it. You know, it's just just learning all the time. Yeah. Is it? Is it in? Is it? Um, I want to use the word inspiring. I don't mean it in a cheesy way, but the fact that somebody at the status of Steve McLaren, who has done all of what he has done in his career, is still working that hard, like that, surely has to push you on even more. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. You know. I think it's just. That is the biggest thing, isn't it? It's working hard and working smart. I know it's an old cliche, but it's not just working hard mm. and being there for the sake of it. It's, it's working smart. So it's kind of all the other things that with the sports and the medical team, making sure the players are available. Yes, it is. It, it does make you want to work because it, it's within the nature anyway, because you you don't get anywhere without working hard, do you? You know, you guys, everyone's grafting. You have to put it in. It's, it should be a given for me. But then... It's just that um, the, the rewards at the end of it or trying to keep things, you know, uh, keep things going, I suppose, to, to the level and standards. That That's the thing. I think if you set your stall out and your standards are really high, but then you can't maintain it throughout the season, that get that, that gets shown up. So when, you, when you're looking, yeah. it's quite clear in what he wanted and you start off that pace you have to keep it going and, and and we did to be fair you know what i mean so it, it, it was good learn from him and equally now with mark you know mark's come in and different route to being a manager but you know his experiences and what he's done it's it's fantastic you know you, you're learning all the all the time and just having access to those conversations you know they probably don't even think they're you know, giving you anything really, but they are all the time about the way they view the game, the way they view what they want, how they want it pr- produced. And it's interesting, how, you know, it's a bit, a bit like a presentation. Everyone will view something differently or want to do it slightly differently. And that's the thing yeah. I would say as a coach, for me personally, you can only be you. You know, you take everything in and what you can use, you use. But if you don't, if it isn't you, people will see through it. So just be yourself. Yeah. And and since since the change then your role has changed slightly. So so yeah. Just what, that. what happened was when um again we're right boring you. How long are we doing now? Four hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> um it's Monday. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh when when um, when Steve um obviously went from the club, uh, used to got uh caretaker. So we, I think we had seven, eight games in the season. So we yeah. we got through the club stayed up, which which was great. You, you know, young players coming in, and then Mark got appointed in the summer. And again, I didn't know Mark, and um, he just said, "Look, I'm going to be bringing in. He's going to keep John as assistant, but I'm going to bring in another coach with me. So to keep you on the grass, that'd be four. I don't want you getting bored. So he kind of like it's a bit of a hybrid role, really." Um, and we both said, don't, don't know what it's going to look like, but he just wanted me to have last watch of the opposition. So I'm in the training ground most of the week. Obviously, COVID, it's difficult now. But then I'll go out yeah. and on the match day, go and watch the opposition and then link back in with the managers, coaches, analysis, everything really. But, they, you know, they, they, they kind of do um, a lot of detail on that. But again, focusing on how we play and just kind of any 
anything that's going to come up. So that last watch, that's the way we've done it. And then what I'll do is, so I, then I, I'm putting together videos um, reports rather than match reports, but then I'll show that to the players. And again, he's been brilliant really because he, he he's trusted me straight away to go and deliver to the players. So, um, and the, the coach coming in, by the way, is Neil Banfield, who was at Arsenal. <laughs> and again, if you, yeah. at, if you look at him and Chris Ramsey's back catalogue, there's, you know, even Marks, it's, it's unbelievable of the players that they've worked with. So again, you know, just listening to, to these guys who have been doing it for years and years, it's, it, it, it's just a, it, it, the, the knowledge is kind of priceless to pass down of what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? So again, it's another, yeah. another person that's worked at Arsenal and, you know, all those top players and just work with Wenger. So you, you, you're listening to the stories, but actually how they put the session together. So cutting it short. So, so that's what I'm doing now. So I'm going out last watch and then presenting to the players. Normally it's in the training ground, but because of COVID at the moment, we, we're doing it over, uh, over teams. And it's just a unit okay. specifically on. So we'll do a generic one to the whole team, but then specifically, so say you two are, I don't know, the, the centre-backs or centre-midfielders will just look at the characteristics of the type of player. I've seen you in them demos. Don't worry about that. You always join in. <laughs> and it might, be a lot, it might be longer meeting than this podcast, to be fair. To how you to link up to get I think it had been needed. Yeah, to be fair, you tried. You're both yet. Now you're a good dude. But that's another part of it. So you, you get involved. <laughs> but I think um, you know. So that's where we are at the minute, and uh, you know, I'm very, very, very grateful. And you're just trying to, again, I'm, I'm taking it as Chris always says this to me about being adaptable. So it's another. Yeah. I, I've learned a little bit more depth of, on scouting, um, and also a little bit of analysis and clipping and putting video presentations together, you know, so you, you're painting them up and just to illustrate the points, but coming back to all of it, which you wouldn't think after this podcast, but it's one or two key points that you want to get across. Um, mate, that, that, that's fascinating. And I don't want to put words into your mouth, but is it, I guess, working at that level and it is very results driven. Um, so therefore quite a high I presume a high pressure environment. How do you still find ways to enjoy what you what you're doing? Because uh, I guess it can be quite easy to get embroiled in the pressure and the the sort of the need to perform. Can do you do you enjoy that side of it, or do you have to sometimes sort of take a step back and go, hold on a minute, let's. Yeah, I think um, obviously as we're going through these coaching licenses, you, you do all your, and I've done it for years, the psychometric profiling on yourself. And I'm that type of person actually enjoys the pressure. Um, you know, so actually the more pressure you're under, it's kind of like making things happen. It's good. You know, I don't you think to, that came from your sales background and the job you had outside of football. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know the, the kind of virtues of uh, how they put together the, the profiles, but I think definitely um, my, my, I definitely comes from your parents in terms of being resilient. Do you know what I mean? Because um, obviously you get lots of knockbacks, don't you, in life in general. I've had more than most, yeah. yeah. What are you saying there? No. <laughs> but um, you, you kind of, it, it, that does help you. And I think then, the even the experiences, going back to Redditch and Worcester, Redditch, we had no budget. So I'm, my first job as a manager, you know, I'm going to go in, I'm going to coach these up, no problems. I'm going to reinvent the wheel in my head. You know, and you're losing, lost the first four, haven't got a clue, no money to bring people in, and you're playing against full time teams. So, straight away, there is, I mean, I'm, 
you know, you, you're like, right, I, I've got to, um, I've got to kind of, I'm not going to give up here. And that comes from your family as well. So it's just working smarter. That's what I'd say. So in answer to your question, yes, there is pressure at certain points in terms of making sure um, you're doing things properly. But I think that's put on yourself because when, I think when you've been a manager, even for, or assistant manager in that management side, you understand what the person like in the chair is doing the job and everything's on them. So if it's good, it's the players. If it's bad, it's the manager. You know, do you know what I mean? That kind of that kind of thing, isn't it? The media, the narrative, everything. So I think the pressure to make sure you've done everything you can to support that manager and the players to make sure they've they've got the best in whatever small role you're doing. And I think that's where you look at all the departments and the teams. Everyone wants you to win, but they're all doing they're experts, aren't they, in their field? So sports scientists, analysts, medical doctors, and all that comes into making sure the players are ready. And the manager's skill is making sure everything's kind of organised, you know, people are peaking at the right time and uh, tactics and everything else. And I think then the coaching team, the strength of that and how it comes together. And, and, and there's some really good people um, within the game. And But you're absolutely right. You only have a two, three results really from being under pressure. And I think that's just football in general. It doesn't matter what club you're at, especially now. And I think even lower down with social media, you know, everything is on. If someone goes on a bad run, cut the three losses, and then the pressure's on, isn't it? So it's just the experience, I think, coming from both sides of, you know, I, I <laughs> the roles that I was in in, um, in corporate would be, we've got a problem over here, can you come and help sort it out? And it was large sums of money, but the service environment, so high pressure. And as I said, people can get passionate about it and upset. Um, and it's the same kind of thing in, in, in football with supporters, everything else. So you, you, you're acutely aware of it, but I think it's how you are in front of the players because, you know, when you when you come in after that drubbing we had at West Brom, it isn't like you're not taking it seriously, but you've got to be able to, right, don't worry, we know what happened, this is what we're going to do to turn it around and, and kind of be on that even keel. And, you know, when the phrase is, when people say, He's not too up when we're winning. He's not too down when we're losing. You have to kind of, for me anyway, portray that all the time to just give people confidence that we're going to get out of this. And fortunately, you know, working with people like Steve, Mark, you know, John, even Les and Rams, it's you, you do get that really. Good stuff, mate. Let's start to wrap up because I'm conscious of your time. You've probably got more games to watch and, and prep to do for the, the week ahead. But I'll tell you what, if you get some out of this, I'll be amazed. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you said earlier, mate, about sort of having a having a goal or not so much a specific role in mind, but a goal of wanting to get into full-time football. Uh, uh, and without going into, into details, uh, my, my two questions to close off from me would be, have you got any goals for three, five, seven years' time for you, given where you're at now? And then secondly, if if that is still in football, back on the grass, however that might be, what are some of the big takeaway messages that you said as a sponge you've took from people like Steve McLaren, Les Ferdinand, Chris Ramsey, that when you reach that goal or you're in a position to then use that added knowledge, what, what would they be if yeah. you can make amends of that rather no, long-winded no, question no no it's a good question I, one of the other things i like is ambiguity i can deal with that don't worry about that no i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking it's a good question lee and um 
I'm just going to have a little think. But yeah, the, the main thing for me is coming into full-time football has proved to me what I was kind of experiencing before. It's giving that confidence that you, you can kind of um, get your message across and you're understanding what people want at this level and, 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 and higher and what they expect. And even some of the stories when you, you're talking to the players and how they've kind of had their careers. So from my point of view, this last three years has been unbelievable in terms of the depth of knowledge and giving me more meat on the bones. So like I said, of how you're going to play, how you're going to kind of manage, organise things from what you've done before. So I think that's been fantastic for, for me personally. What the future holds, I think in football, you definitely don't know because there's no way I would have said to you, when we met on that A license, yeah, in five years, oh, I've got it all planned. I'm going into QPR. No, not, neither would we, mate. No, exactly. Not 100%. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah, I woke up now. I put 50 <laughs> pounds. <in, haven't> <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think um, I'm very, very grateful. But also, I'm, I'm, I'm still very ambitious. So it's kind of like part of the journey, but it, it's the next stage. So from my point of view, you know, I'm, I've carried on learning. Um, definitely I'm on the pro license at the moment and that's been a fantastic experience again the lectures lecturers the peers um, that you're working with fantastic and then on top of that I'm doing um, a sporting director a degree in sporting directorship Uh, so it's an MSc but that's like kind of like say two three roles down so to try and kind of all of the it's basically putting all of the theory into the practice so I'm already doing work if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. with my corporate life, you know, you know, it, it was kind of like um, getting a theory behind why you were doing what you're doing. So yeah, I think the next three, five years, it, it's just trying to make yourself as uh, employable as possible um, and see what opportunities come up. But, you know, it's just that doing something you want to do and being in, in the industry. I think that's de- definitely, it was the right thing to do. Um, but obviously you just got to make sure you, you, you keep improving yourself to help improve other people and tr- make yourself employable. So that adaptability. So there's definitely no way I would have said I've gone into this role, but I'm doing it and t- taking the best of it. And again, that'll help me with uh, presenting back analysis of players, opposition, your own stuff when, when you eventually get, get to a different role. And, and have you got, is there one piece of advice that, someone gave you or, or you might think maybe now if we've got some listeners who are young aspiring coaches that would love to find themselves in a position like yours is there anything that you'd you'd maybe recommend or or that you've learned and might have done differently I think um yeah as, as context to it it is a seven day a week it's not a job it is a lifestyle as someone once said to me it's not a job it's a lifestyle I think that's the biggest thing now I know it's obvious and everyone loves it, and it. it but you know, in terms of it, with your family, holidays, everything, you, you have to be really organised, but aware that that phone could go any time, or that call could be anything, or you know, changing days. You know, sometimes it is. It's. it's, it's <laughs> I always say this with what's going on, but you know, put a little caveat around it. But you, you could be in. 15, 20, 25 days straight, no problems, especially in the season when you're playing back-to-back with recovery days and everything. So it does, it, it is an impact. So it is a choice you have to make, which is no problems and everyone can do that. But I think you have to go to it wide open. So that was one thing that a coach said to me on one of the first courses, uh, you know, are you prepared for that? And I think your structure 
your family support mechanism that's really important and then the second thing I would say is just you know try and be humble listen learn and everyone's opinion try and understand where they're coming from because not necessarily everyone's going to agree with you or you're going to going to agree with everyone the way they want to play football however um, as I said on the course come back to it, it's not the way it's anyway but but I think it's important to understand why someone wants to play that way and I think that's my appreciation and I don't want to name drop again but at one of the games you know the uh, Mervyn Day was there and he was scouting and he just said oh that that run there one short one long we were doing that at West Ham with uh, Ron Greenwood and I think he said Jeff Hurst and Martin Peters so in terms of the cyclical nature of football, nothing's new, but it is new with new language. And, and I think that's the thing that you have to appreciate. So um, everyone has got a good, who's been involved in football, I would just take on board what they're saying and see how you can apply that to you. Now, there might be some stuff that you think, mm, I don't really think I can use that, but I'd just be, uh, you know, open ears, try and talk to as many people as you can, try and, if you can, view as many sessions as you can. Um, I mean, even like coming down to watch some of the academy sessions, if you're in grassroots, if you're in academies, try and watch the first team sessions as much as you can, because I think you get then an understanding of the style and you're coaching for the players, you're not coaching for you. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that's a, that, that's a big thing I've noticed when um, you, you, you can see where people are really detailed and understand this stuff. And even, you know, you guys on that course, these guys on the pro license course, I... What's been good actually Lee, is um, just from the, you know, when we're on the course and say there's some presentations, you split into groups. So you'll just see your group present. So the, the, the FA have done great, really. I mean, obviously, COVID's terrible and everything, you know, the, the situation we're in, but that, because it's on Teams, you can log on and watch everyone's presentation. So if there's 40 people on the course, you can watch all 40 presentations. So from, from my point of view, it's, it's pure gold. So I'm, you know, if it's someone starting out younger than me, someone older, someone more experienced, less experienced, I'm interested to see how they view the game. So we'll get given a task, you know, like a tactical task, but the way they're explaining it and you can understand them where they're coming from. And again, not just the names that you mentioned with the experience, you can take something from someone who actually probably sometimes isn't in the game and actually some grassroots coaches you know, my son's playing at the moment. Some of the stuff that they do or listen, I think that's really, really good. And it's when we talk about evolving it. So it might not be exactly the same, but it reminds me of a point that I can take into my coaching. So I think it's just that, you know, you're open to ideas and always looking to learn and improve yourself. And as, as I said, to explain it simply, you need to understand it in detail, I think. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree, mate, completely. It's um, I've got two questions for you, guards, to to wrap it up or to you know, leave you alone for the evening. No, but the, the first one links in. Run out of tape. The first one links into to what. <laughs> <laughs> the, fir- the, the first question links into what you just said there about always, you know, knowing knowing you always wanting to learn and listening to you. You know, it's clear that you, you want to learn and you try and learn all the time. Do you have a learning focus at the moment? Is there something you are learning at the minute or something that you've recognised that you, you're wanting to get better at at the moment, if you're happy to share it, of course? Yeah, of course, yeah. I think um, one of the things I've, I've done through the two courses, and 
very fortunate. We've been able to see other um, high-performing sports organisations. And uh, yeah. just before lockdown, I managed to get into Mercedes, um, the F1 team down at Brackley. It was, it was fantastic. Nice. Like, yeah, they're really, really, really good. But just how are they maintaining? So it's a, a different sport, but how do they analyse? How do they uh, maintain their kind of level of professionalism? How do they keep winning ultimately? Um, and there's a there's a big factory there. There's loads of people and they celebrate success. So in terms of learning on that side of how you kind of um, build a team, keep it together, I, I, definitely that has opened my eyes. And it's just little simple things that, phrases that, that they'll have um, and just everyone feeling comfortable if there's an issue, being able to speak up. So it doesn't matter if you yeah. what department you're in, but having that courage to kind of say, look, I've seen, I've spotted this. It's an issue, I think. And I think this is a solution. Now, I'm used to that from the other environment I'm from within working. And I think within football, that's one thing. I think that player-led discussion, that coach-led discussion, that the physio might spot something, but it's outside of their lane. I think, you know, I'm a big, big fan of that at the moment. Um, so in terms of the cultural side, that's one thing I'm, I'm looking at at the moment and just making sure how you get that in. Because, I've, you know, like you, Matt, again, I've tried to keep it brief, but I've built teams up within football and outside of football and just put them into, you know, into into a kind of bigger organisation. So you have to kind of have the, the club or the company principles and objectives and then your team objectives. And it's how you marry all those, yeah. and get people working together. How you align them. Yeah, and all the characters yeah. and everyone's different personalities. So how do you make sure everyone's exactly on the same page, going the same way all the time? I think yeah. that's massive for me personally, especially when, when you're looking at a yeah. driven uh, environment. Um, and then just, just a simple one from a tactical point of view. I've actually, I'm actually a project on um, just playing philosophies. What, what are they? <laughs> Why are they <laughs> that way? And what, how managers implement them? So, for example, if you're going into a new club, what's the first thing that you do? So, you start yeah. in pre-season. They've either had a good season or a bad season. You're on the back of success or you're coming in mid-season. So, what if you take the FA six principles, attacking, defending, uh, transitions and uh, set plays, how do you spend your time and how do you do that? And kind of bump, because it, it fascinates me, the amount of turnover we have, especially in this country, how people get the time to actually implement a proper how we're going to play and this is my kind of spin on it so you know everyone says focus on results to get um get your style in you have to win games straight away but it's a bit of, bit of a chicken and egg so that's a thing i've been really looking at and just all of the you know so the the, the top managers now so like the Elsa and all of the yeah. all of the managers that come off the back of him who have worked with him and even Ferguson, the, the, the managers that have come through and how, how do they implement what they're doing? You know, it's, it, it, it's yeah. interesting to me anyway, the way that that filters down and then they have their own spin on what they've learned. Does that, does that make sense? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. I don't yeah. want to go too deep, but, but yeah, just keeping it high level. So, so for my, and then how I can apply that to kind of um, help in a support role or if you're, yeah. if you're leading it. And I think as well with, with that, you you have to be ready before the opportunity comes along. So say, for example, because football changes so quickly, you can't be thinking about that stuff the day the uh, chairman says, can you take uh, care of first team duties, please, uh, as an interim. 
it, you need to have already thought about that and, and, and know it and be clear on it. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a coming back to yours and Lee's question. That's the thing. As as I've from when I started coaching, managing, you've got that kind of playbook, and you've added to it, added to it, added to it, and then yeah, you, yeah, you know. So it's it's kind of there, but then it's just taking it to that next level of uh, of, of detail, and it's you know it's just interesting. Isn't it? You, I can't watch a game anymore without thinking, why are they doing that? what was the objective what did they work on on the week why is he making that run I mean I've just watched something there and then then technique of the players you know those these top top players and it yeah. and sometimes even my lad I'll show them show them what they've done well but sometimes the mistakes say look you know look it, it's not always perfect you know these top players because we always put them up on a pedestal ah oh, technically they're unbelievable they and they are un, but but they're prepared to fail does that make sense yeah 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 so, so that's the bit breaking down the you know, team, unit, individual, but how, how do these players, you know, how do they kind of use their skills within what the manager wants them to do? So it's, it's oh. quite interesting. Man. The, the last one is a, a lighthearted one, hopefully an easier question than that one. But right at the start of the, of the chat we had, you mentioned that when you started coaching, you were copying sessions from when you were playing. And yeah. Uh, you chose you chose to use the sessions that you liked yes to deliver what yeah. what does a session uh, have to be like for you to like it what what's a you know what's a typical a session that you like what what does it include <laughs> can i tell you one bad session first a very quick story <laughs> you, you can yeah when i was at prison one i didn't do but then it wasn't until later um, it was like a 10 by 10, 10 square. I don't think it was measured from a sports science point of view. And there was uh, 10 traffic cones in there with a the big sandbags in. So basically, he was trying to teach us how to tackle. So I had to slide tackle these cones out of the square within a minute. <laughs> and uh, that's the kind of like level of detail and professionalism I'm bringing to this podcast. But, but I have to say, I have been How did you do? Did you do, did you do well? <laughs> you couldn't kick it out on one. Because I was only a little, you know, three, three to kick it out. Well, that was, you know, actually there was a method in the madness probably, but it, I would say that was at the early stages that session. So um, I haven't been able to develop it. But, you know, that, yeah, we haven't got time for any more of the, the quality. But no, I think um, what the sessions I liked. So I liked at that time, everything was about kicking the ball as far as you possibly could, catching up seconds and um, turning teams. Now, Jules and winning the right to play, I, I, I'm a big fan of that. But actually, the coaches that come in that played football at that time were just something I'd never come across before. So there was two coaches, really, youth team coach, but also, um, I don't know if you remember him, a lad called Ivan Golak, and he played for Southampton, yeah. Croatian. Do you remember him? Yugos Yugoslavia? Yeah, Croatia. I do remember him. And he came yeah. in and managed. And I was, um, don't laugh, but I was I was actually used to be able to run at that point. I was at fullback. <laughs> He was a right back as well. And his technique was an absolute joke. But he put these sessions on for me. And just the first, this is back in the early 90s. He said, you know, when you mark a winger, don't worry about the winger. You're not marking him. He's marking you. And it's just that. So you do a session where you'd be coming high and wide, like we talk it now, and going on the yeah. other or coming at the far post. And this is back in the early 90s in a, in a 
as they would term it a four four two, but it was never a four four two because the midfield player would drop down even then to make a three, as in we're seeing in modern football. <laughs> so this is like the early nineties. Yeah. So this is what I'm trying to say in terms of that knowledge at that point he was playing for Yugoslavia. You know, that that was the type of session where I think, oh, I really like this. And I'm gonna try and get people to 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 kind of play that way, if if you like. So that was the, the, the thing that I focused on really was actually trying to play football because only because the teams I had, the budget wasn't the greatest or I was involved with. So if we went head to head with 4-4-2 against men and I've got younger players, physically you're not going to compete. So how do we kind of keep the ball and move them around and get them tired and open up opportunities? So it, 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 it was as simple as that really. So I just like the way it was structured. I like the way the focus was on you. And I yeah. like the, the focus, it was on the technical side. Uh, and just, you know, little things like that. But then also, the other, the other side I like was the organisation. Uh, for someone like, again, Warnock, Neil Warnock coming. And um, just the way, tactically, the way he arranged his sessions were fantastic. And I still remember them now. And that was when I was probably, you know, well, very young. So, um those are the bits that I really enjoyed. But yeah, I think, Matt, you take something from every coach and even the ones that yeah. maybe I didn't enjoy, that's helped me shape how I am as a coach to think, mm, yeah, I definitely. Think well. yeah. Do, you, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I didn't enjoy them. I still remember them. And there might be some sessions that didn't work, but I'm trying to adapt them to work it for me. So that was it, really. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think you so. need, I think that's the other thing that I would just quickly say. When I started out, I thought, oh, my God, I need loads of sessions. You know, I need loads of sessions to keep everything. It's unbelievable. I need to do it. And then it's not until you get into it, you realise repetition. And actually, not the same session, but the same theme, but a slightly different take on it to improve somebody. That's that's That's, that's definitely good. my learning over that's the past 12 months. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, 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 would, I would definitely say that because... I think um, trying to put myself in the shoes when you're starting out, that's your first thing. You come from playing and you're thinking, oh, wow, I, I, you know, I need, I need all these sessions. Give me a session plan. Can you help me out on this? You know, what can I yeah. do for you? And then you're trying to do someone else's session. So I think when you, you actually you do your own session for your group of players, because that personality profile, the, 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 you know, the, the physicality of the team, it, you've got to kind of sometimes put your principles on the side and go, how can I get this group the most organised or playing the best way I can. Good stuff, mate. Um, again, I'm really conscious of your time, so uh, I think we'll... Uh, you want to go, Louis? I've had enough. Um, we only normally no, do. No, no. Yeah, listen, these are usually 15 minutes and uh, we've been going for a while, but listen, I, we could God's keep the, chatting for ages, the truth, the truth is, he's sat in his NFL top waiting for the Super Bowl. Well, no, 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 no. Distraction. <laughs> but, but listen, I, I um no, I, like because I trust I trust you two, and I know like it's like you're joking that when you listen, but I don't. I, I, I again, please don't think I'm, I I do get asked to do a lot of these, but I don't really do them because of like I've just rambled on there, and also I I don't. Do you know what I mean? It's like the proper coaches and listening what you do. I think if unless you went into detail on a session, I think um, there's some really good people out there. So I trust you. And uh, hopefully I haven't talked too long. And I know you ladies see some, you know. No, no. Listen, what what I've took from it, mate, and, and you've you've been a you've been it's been an excellent chat. Is that like you said? It, it's it's about knowing people. It's about all the other stuff kind of around the 
we might say the X's and O's, isn't it? Uh, the preparation, the detail, understanding why, going above and beyond, the sacrifice, the dedicate, all that kind of stuff that you talk about. We didn't really talk about tactics, did we? And and I guess even you're saying there with some of the, the top, top coaches that you've you've worked with, it's not so much about the session, it's it's knowing their subject inside out. It's understanding the most effective way to share that knowledge with players. Uh, knowing when to get out the way, when to add, when to when to put your arm around. It's all that other bit. That is coaching, isn't it? I yeah, because and... I, I think that's the thing. Like, you know, even going back to Steve, just the way he was going to press and how you're going to press from that shape and how, how you're doing it and getting into the detail. We could go through that. But actually, the, the biggest thing he had was his relationship with the players. They, they loved him. They'd do anything he wants. Do you know what I mean? And I think if you mm. get people to that position... It's, uh, you know, and it's the same with any manager that, that, that's successful. I think they're, you know, ultimately they're, they're, they're good with people. Mm, but that trans- transcends across sports, doesn't it? I'm, I'm fascinated with Eddie Jones at the minute, listening to a lot of his stuff and a lot of players that have played under him say exactly that. Not only has he got a deep knowledge of his subject, it, the way that he makes his players feel and what he he transmits to those players of care, empathy and understanding. It's mm. that's, that's why I guess the top coaches or managers, whatever, get to them levels because it's all the extras, isn't it? It's not just like you said about nicking a session plan. It's, it's all... yeah, but, but I think like if they're, even if they've got their coaching team and they're on for 20 minutes, like of how they're going to play on that Saturday. And I'm talking about the top, top ones. That 20 minutes is unbelievable. One, and it's only one or two solutions to a problem. It's not thousands. And that's what I've found. It's like, right, if he presses there, you pass here. Next one. Let's run it through. Happy? Happy. Move on. Because the players are kind of at that level as well. And they want that They want that security um, and simplicity in the message. Do you know what I mean? If you, if you start throwing in, yeah, but if he does that, you do that. But then if he does this, you do this. It's like, whoa, hang on a minute. I've got too much to remember. Do you know what I mean? Especially in the heat of a battle. And I think that as you scaffold it, as the season goes through, then you can put more detail into it. But that's what I would say, mate, simplicity. I know it's boring, but that's what it is. Mm. And, and you, would you say top players want, like you said, they, they want to just be told what to do because the perception of maybe coach education, of maybe doing like the youth awards and stuff, it's a little bit around ask questions, guided discovery, like you said, what if this, what if that, when actually, and I know it's the top level, but the players want to be told, uh, do this. <laughs> is that is that true? I would say so, yeah. I mean, from my experience, it's like give them the creativity to, you know, the final third and build-ups and creating, you know, the way you want to play out, everything else. But ultimately, what are we doing on this one? They want They want certainty to know that's what you want me to do. That's how we're going to win the game. And, and they kind of give them that belief. Now, away from the training picture on, on the match, because obviously when the fans are in as well, Lee, and, and it's all going off, they can't hear from the side anyway. They can't. Hear <laughs> they, can't they can't. You know, so you've only got before the game, the, the, the running, a little bit before half-time, and, and the lads are doing it. So that's why I think they want that crystal. Not like, do it this way. They will will allow them to go, I don't understand, or, yeah, do you think we could do this? But it's not like a 15-minute debate on the pitch while we're working. That would be like maybe you review it, and sometimes you'll, on the analysis, go back. But I would say, I know we talk about command and control, guided discovery, 
it, it's more that guided discovery really because I think the, the, the players ultimately coming back to what Crad said at the start you said about the reserve team and stuff that's why coaches on the pitch come in as well do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I, I guess the difference as well is is that what one is about learning and developing and one is about performing isn't it? So when, when you're learning and developing, they, they might want to work it out themselves and, and ask questions and all that sort of stuff. But actually, at the performance end, I need real clarity over what my job is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 100%. Because, you know, when you, you hear managers say, once or over the white line, it's down to them. You know, there's much, not much I can do. That's what, um, that's what I think they mean. My, but then also, yeah. the top, top managers, it's that experience of how many games they've had where, we're just going to tweak this tactically to get more control in the game. So it's how do you sit down and go, what do you think, guys? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> minute, it's still there. Just have a little time. <laughs> right, what do you think? Should, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Because I'm not, I'm not, um, it, it, and, and there's nothing wrong with that within the training if you're on the time, but it like literally is right, do this now. This is the change. This is we're gonna hold on to what we got. Are we gonna go for it here? So I need you to do that. No problems. Okay, cool. Away you go. You know what I mean? It's yeah. again, it's that like clarity of message. <laughs> well, well, mate. Whatever you're doing, it certainly looks to be working, doesn't it? One of the one of the informed teams at the moment. Four wins out of five. So yeah, well, going well. The, Mark, Mark and his team there doing the, the, the lads are doing very well. Yeah. But um, listen, mate, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. It's always a pleasure to to chat, let alone to be able to to share it with um, my dad who listens, Matt's wife, and probably your brother. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, seriously, guys, it's been, been brilliant, mate. I wish you all the best for the rest of the season and beyond. Um, we'll, we'll catch up again soon, I'm sure, but I really do appreciate your time for this, mate. No, fantastic. I've enjoyed it and uh, good, good catching up with both of you and hopefully uh, I'll see you again soon. Brilliant stuff. Cheers, mate. Likewise. Cheers. If you're a scout or coach looking to find or help players, then Pitch is the website for you. It's a startup, but the idea is to complement the scout's role in finding talent, especially in lower leagues. Pitch is likely to arrange trial days in the future, so a scout might be very interested to make a profile. For a coach, it's about the onward development and mental health of released players, helping them find a team or club and provide a talent ID and development reference on Pitch. So make a profile today at www.pitchrmt.com. Thank you.